And we're back with another episode of Red Zone Ramblings. A little bit different cast today. Uh, I'm your host, Dave, um, and I'm actually very excited for this episode that um, I'm recording today uh, solo, you you could say. Um, I'm here with one of my good buddies, um, Adam. Well, I'll introduce you to, um, well, I'll introduce him to you a little bit now, but we go back a little bit into uh, the college days. Um, and, you know, this is just one of those topics that he is passionate about. And because he is passionate about it, I am as well. So, Adam, let me kick it to you. And, uh, yeah, just tell, give, give our viewers a little bit about yourself. Hi, I'm Adam. I, I went to college with Dave. Uh, yeah, I'm here tonight to talk about the, uh, the Winter Olympics particularly snowboarding, which is something I've loved for a very long time. Uh, I took up an interest in snowboarding as a youngster at the age of six via my PlayStation and uh, (laughs) I've been into it ever since. Uh, I started snowboarding at nine and I've been doing it almost 20 years now. So um, not only do I love to do it as an activity, but it's something that I've I've grown up watching X Games and Winter Olympics and really seeing the sport. progress over the years uh, which is part of what makes this olympics i think so special and very exciting uh yeah man from an outside perspective of this olympics and i'll definitely we'll definitely dive into this in a little bit but it there does seem to have a lot of the nostalgia to it um at least surrounding um sean white um i know very little about the winter olympics or the olympics for that matter um, other than some of the big names, like, you know, the, with the summer games, you get Usain Bolt, Michael Phelps. Um, but the name that is always stuck out to me and the name that as a normie, I guess you could call me, um, I've always heard Sean White. And that was one of those big names and similar to you, I guess, in a way, although I never got into snowboarding, um, Sean White snowboarding was one of those games I played on, on the PlayStation. Um, <laughs> it was, it was, a, it was a fun time. Like, you know, it's just, a good game. Yeah, I know. Exactly. And I guess, I guess I'll start out. I think I I'm, actually have it here. I'm pretty sure I have it here in my apartment. Quality game. <laughs> yeah, um, it's a good game. And I, and, um, I know this about you, but you, I know that you're also into skateboarding. Um, yeah. what, what came first? What, what came first skateboarding or the snowboarding? Uh, so I started skateboarding when I was about six, uh, by no means does the length of time I've been doing it reflect my skill level at all. Uh, but it's, uh, it's something that's been a, a core part of like, you know, me growing up ever since I was a kid, uh, I'm pretty sure skateboarding came, my interest in snowboarding came first, but the activity I started doing first was skateboarding. So, okay. um, I started skiing at a young age. I had family out in Colorado for a number of years. So we would go out there uh, for like spring break every year when I was a kid. And I, by way of parents telling me you're going to ski, I skied till I was about nine. And then after begging and begging to let me try the snowboarding, that's when I got started and I haven't looked back since. So, um, but skateboarding I've been doing for a long time as well. Um, The game that got me into skateboarding was Tony Hawk's pro skater three which should be a, by no means a surprise to you, Dave. It's a classic. Uh, it's also how I got into <laughs> punk music. So that game made me who I am today, 20-something years later. Uh, and uh, the game that got me into snowboarding was uh, SSX, which 
most people know the sequel, SSX Tricky. Okay, yeah, I was gonna uh, yeah. say that. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, so SSX was like the first game I got on my PS. Like my grandma got me a PS2 for my birthday when I was six, and like just picked up that game. She already knew I like skiing, and like I was always interested in snowboarding, and it all just kind of snowballed from there. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> um. Yeah, so I, I've been doing that a while too. Uh, and it, you bring up Sean White. Sean White was, uh, he was an X Games competitor in skateboarding as well for a number of years, uh, which uh, you might recall. I don't know. It, it was, it definitely took a back seat to his snowboarding career once that really started taking off. He kind of transitioned into being a snowboarder full time um, in terms of competitive uh, aspect of his life. But he was, he was also a professional skateboarder at a time as well. It, so, uh so was he performing he so he was i'm assuming he was performing at the same level um that he performs snowboarding at then too would that be correct or yeah because I yeah actually, he's a professional skateboarder too he he did uh he's held olympic gold medals and x games gold medals in snowboarding i know he competitively skated and he did skate at the x games uh at round 2006 um he, he has done both which is pretty uh pretty impressive especially at such a high level um and this is again coming coming from an outside perspective but i feel like while some like while there are some differences i feel like there are probably a lot more similarities between snowboarding and skateboarding to an effect i guess yeah i I would agree to that as someone who participates in both of those activities i think for me, I prefer snowboarding. I think it's more fun for me, but that's a personal tasting. They are very similar. They both, I mean, the way the way that you write with your right hand, you pitch baseball with your right hand. Snowboarders and skateboarders have a stance, neither goofy or regular. So that's goofy is how I ride. That's your right foot forward. Regular is the more common, which is left foot forward. So you'll find, for example, the same way, uh, you know, you, you throw a ball, the same hand pretty much given any sport. It's sort of the same thing with board sports. And that's what you find. Like um, it's a similar feel. You stand the same way. Uh, you kind of ride the same way. The thing that differs is kind of, you, you even kind of turn the same way. The The difference really comes into um, what you can do with each. Skateboarding has a lot more tricks where you really incorporate the boards. Snowboarding is a lot more movement of the body really defines uh, those tricks and kind of, you the big difference right being a skateboard you're not really attached to it a snowboard you're you're strapped in it's it's hitched down to your body that way so yeah you know i actually guess i never really thought about that with with the skate or with the uh snowboard being attached to you but you, you're yeah. you're really laced up really laced yeah up you're in those. it you're skateboard you could fall and like run and like recover a snowboard if you fall that's your whole body's going down there's no uh there's no stopping it so. yeah no I, um the, it's I, a commitment <laughs> yeah seriously i you you get you, you have full-on body body mm. injuries i feel like with snowboarding oh yeah um you, you feel that the next day or two. Oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> well um you know as we're talking about snowboarding and the winter olympics um i feel like that's the perfect transition into talking about some of the um events that have happened uh thus far in the winter games um specifically i know we're going to be talking about the men's and women's um slope style and half pipe 
um, snow, uh, sorry, slope style, uh, the women's completed. Um, we have Men's completed yesterday as well. So, yeah. Oh, really? Okay. So like, I, I see, I have here the women's, uh, standings that finish with, uh, New Zealand coming in first, second U S uh, US and then third Australia. Um, didn't know the name, so I didn't write them down, but, um, I wanted to know if you could go a little bit into details, any surprises there, um, New Zealand, is that like a common thing for them to be placing, especially first place? Australia and New Zealand tend to do really well with board sports. That's actually like a huge part of the athletic culture there. From my understanding is a, a lot of great athletes, uh, have come out of New Zealand, uh, and Australia. I, don't want to wrongfully lump them together. Uh, they're two different places, but they kind of really close on the map in a lot of aspects, similar to rain. Um, mm -hmm. So you, you do get a lot of uh, competitors out of there. Um, I don't think there were a ton who made the finals from uh, Australia or New Zealand, but you'll, you'll notice as well, like in the summer Olympics, Australia dominated in skateboarding, which made its debut at the Olympics this past summer. Um, like I said, Australia really dominated that they had, uh, a number of contenders and several people who won. So it's, it, they, they have a very board sports oriented culture. Um, it's very popular there. So to me seeing, uh, I can't say her last name properly. I'm going to botch it, but Zoe Sadowski Sano was the woman who, who placed first and got the gold for New Zealand. Uh, she was in upset for sure. Um, she came in on like the last run of the contest and absolutely stomped it and put down a beautiful run, uh, on a course that to me was like, wow, that looks like so much fun. I don't think I could handle the features on that, but <laughs> wow, does it look fun? And it's a joy to watch other people do that. Um, so that was an upset for sure. Um, the big thing that was on everyone's minds was, uh, Jamie Anderson. Uh, she was attempting to go for a three peat. She was, aiming to be the first Olympic, uh, athlete to get a gold, uh, three games in a row. Uh, and in particular in this slope style discipline of snowboarding and she competing out of the U S shockingly, she placed in 12th. Uh, I want to say 12th double check that here. Um, um it looks like pretty low down there. Yeah. It looks like ninth ninth. Okay. Yeah. So she placed, uh, she placed ninth, which was shocking. Uh, I think for many and it's, I don't think it was so much a question of, oh, these other competitors were significantly better and more a question of like with any sport, uh, sometimes people have an off day, uh, but that was definitely the upset and the shock there was people were really anticipating not only her getting the gold medal, uh, but making the podium in general and seeing her that far down was definitely a surprise. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, looking at, looking at the standings from an outsider's perspective, I really, have no clue what the story tells especially seeing someone you see someone down there you just think okay like they are not as good or like maybe they just had a bad day or something like that but with such high expectations to 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 become that gold medalist the three-peat like you said or or even for that matter placing on the podium like and to to be down at ninth that uh that is a little a little shocking i guess is that something is she gonna is she gonna be back I think she'll be back. Uh, I, she's not like by any means old for age of sport, uh, which we'll kind of touch on age a bit more when we talk about Sean white later on. Um, but, uh, she is, 
she's 31 years old. So she might be back. She might not. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, it, it's still impressive to see her have having her compete at that level uh, and, and getting to watch that over both the previous games and the games before uh, getting to watch her do that was, it was, it was a great thing to get to watch. Um, the U S did place in second, uh, this young woman, Julia Marino out of Connecticut, uh, also put down just an incredible run. Um, and you kind of saw it a lot, the the way they show it on, uh, while they're broadcasting it too, is, um, there's a whole sense of community with snowboarding that I don't know. I mean, I can't speak to other sports necessarily, but there's a whole sense of community, all the riders, like, though they're the competitors, they're friends, like they're excited to see each other win. And they really showed that. So it was really cool to watch. Uh, yeah. Jamie Anderson plays ninth, but like was so ecstatic for her teammate who managed to get silver medal in the event as well. So. Yeah. Something that I noticed, I don't know if it was just with snowboarding um, or the fact that they're in the Olympics, but it was something that was really cool was seeing the, seeing the people finish their run and then having the people at the bottom there kind of, kind of they're cheering them on and like yeah we're competing against each other but we're like it's still a community like like we're in in the end of the day we're kind of just hoping for our own prs and yeah we want to represent our country but like we're going to do the best that we can we're going to win but all all of us are here together and we're all doing this this funny little snowboarding thing i think even more than that there's a level of like there's got to be some awareness there and I can't speak to it. I'm not an Olympic athlete, but there's got to be some level of awareness of how incredible it is that all these competitors are there. Uh, and, in you see it at every games, there's progression of the sport. I, I mean, when they first brought this, uh, to the games, people were landing much smaller tricks than they are now. Um, the, the amount of spin, like the, the amount of rotations people were getting, uh, and it, it, you really see that go, it's progressed for both men's and women's snowboarding, but like it's someone in the men's contest yesterday landed an 1800 degree spin, which is five times around, which is just like, I see it on your face. You're like, how is that possible? Like it's, I mean, those are huge jumps, but it's crazy. The amount of progression the sport has had, uh, and the speed it's progressed at that way. So it's, it's, I imagine there's some level of not just you know, proud of your friend who competed, but like, you're all a part of pushing something forward. And that's pretty special. Like, of course you got to celebrate that. Even if you're watching someone else be the first to do something like you're there, you're, you're a part of how the sport got to be where it is, which I think is really awesome. So that that's honestly incredible. And so I, I guess then moving on to our next topic here um, of the men's uh, slope style, what did that guy who, who did that crazy, 1800 or whatever whatever flip did he place where where did he finish up at i want to confirm that i'm not mixing up my riders here because the second the second place rider was su yeming uh out of china and i want to confirm if it was him or uh uh takeru who was just out of uh japan i want to confirm that real quick here Um, (laughs) (laughs) i don't want to screw that up yeah, no, not no problem. Take a look at that, and uh, while you while you look that up, yeah. So for the men's uh, snowboard slope style that uh, finished up, we had Canada uh, representing the first and second place, the gold and bronze. Um, and then as as Adam mentioned, uh, 
a representative from China then with the silver medal. Um, and as he's fact-checking there, um, we'll take a quick break. And we're back. Adam, hopefully after that little break, you have the uh, the stat that we're looking for there. But um, yeah, what would you find? <laughs> uh, so Su Yiming, who was, he's a 17-year-old competitor out of China. He took the silver medal yesterday uh, in men's slope style. Uh, he, was, he landed the first in Olympic contest. He landed in 1,800-degree spin. Uh, it was a quadruple cork 1,800. So that's not only spinning on your x-axis but also flipping around on your uh flipping around the y-axis so <laughs> they call it a cork you're dipping your head under your under yourself while you're doing that flat spin it's insane that, that like <laughs> it's I, absolutely I, mind-numbing to watch uh <laughs> um so yeah he he landed that 1800 degree spin the first in an olympic contest uh, he only, he only placed in the second, uh, given that run, which is wild, but the scoring is not, uh, scoring is based on, on your style, your, uh, the amount of continuity of the run. So really they focus on you going from feature to feature and not really having any time to reset your stance between a landing. For example, if you land in your unnatural stance, which is considered switch, basically riding backwards, uh, it's ideal for a judge that you go into the next jump in that stance without returning to your, your primary stance. Um, not necessarily that that's what he did, but for example, they want to make sure there's continuity. There's not any like off balance, anything you, you get deducted points for dragging your hand off a jump. For example, when you land, um, I don't know the entire scoring system in and out inside and yeah. out, but, uh, does, does, uh, does the speed or the time of you completing the, the, the track contribute into it at all? So speed and time don't contribute to it, but the things that are the biggest contributors are like the style, like the originality of your line. Cause they're not just rating you on the jumps or like if you break a record, for example, like the amount of spin, um, but it's really on the run as a whole. So someone could do really, really well in a jump section, but not as well in a rail section. And that's where they'll see points deducted. The way the, the course is constructed is there's kind of these three upper sections of rails that they're, rail plazas is kind of what they're called it's uh the, and it gives the rider options of what line they want to take there's a number of rails you obviously you can't hit them all but you kind of pick and choose which ones you're going to ride how you're going to approach them uh, and string together the best possible run you can before you get down to this area of the jumps which is a bit more limited choice the the, the jump setup is that there's these two in the kind of skewed jumps, like normally a jump goes straight up. These are like tilted at like a 45 degree angle to the landing, which is, that's where you want to land, uh, which is not a common thing. They made those jumps first saw the light of day, like at the, uh, at the last winter Olympics. Um, but so there's, there's that section. There's another section after that. That's kind of this big roller, uh, and you have the option to kind of jump at that straight on, or there's a couple of almost these walls going up the side of these quarter pipes where you can transfer on to the landing. Uh, forgive me if I'm getting a little too technical here. No, today. no, I, I that uh, actually play. I, I don't know if it's because I'm seeing your hand gestures as well, <laughs> yeah. but that's something 
I guess that like that pipe because it look it looks kind of like a U, right? Yeah, a little bit yeah, like it, a half of a U. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's what I picture in my head the most when I think of this um, this event, and as opposed to like any other of the obstacles or things that you could grind on or whatever yeah. those technical terms are for those snowboarding <laughs> yeah. uh, terminology there. Um, I always think of that, like that, that you or the half U shape that you're mentioning. Yeah. Um, and then at the very bottom, there's this huge jump. It's, I think it's 21 meters, which I don't even know what that is in feet. <laughs> uh, it's 21. Of course they're going to measure it in meters. It's the Olympics, but uh yeah. Uh, it's like 21 meters from the lip of the jump, which is where you take off to the sweet spot of the landing, which is where you ideally want to land. Uh, and they kind of have these lines marking uh, ideally where you want to land, um, which kind of bringing back full circle to kind of what they're judging on. Uh, it's it's that continuity of your run, your style. And the last big piece is on jumps, uh, your amplitude, how much height you're getting. They, they can't really, I don't think they can act accurately measure exactly what the height is in inches which is something you do see uh in a half pipe which we'll talk about uh in a bit but uh people who are getting bigger air and, and loftier jumps are generally scoring uh it, it, it bodes well for them they get uh, a better score that way as well so um so we talked about um the placing for the women's slope style and not not too big of shocks there. Um, are there any shocks that you saw with the with the men on the men's side of the slope style? Uh, as far as shocks, uh, not too many. Uh, the gold medalist from the last games was this young guy, Red Gerard, out of the United States. Uh, he almost made the podium this year. He uh, uh, he was on the bubble, so he was in third place going into the last run of the contest. Uh, and Mark McMorris, who is in my eyes, I think the only snowboarder I've seen that really rivals the, the magnitude and the, in the career spanning abilities of Sean white, um, in any capacity. I remember they, they have been quite a rivalry for a number of years. Uh, Sean white used to compete in X games for a number of years. And, uh, he and Mark McMorris were like head to head competing for like the best of the best title, uh, at that he's really the only person uh, in snowboarding in my eyes, at least in the slope style discipline, who can really compare to Sean White uh, and what he was able to do with that uh, at that time of his career before he transitioned to being full time half pipe riding. Um, so Mark McMorris was in fourth place going into the last run of the contest, threw down an incredible run and knocked this Red Gerard, who won the gold at the last Winter Olympics, off the podium took third place for so canada sat in first and third um and the the first place run wasn't really a surprise for me um but was definitely something that i was pleased to see max perot who out of canada uh, he's from quebec he uh he came in first place won the gold medal and that's after a brutal couple of years unlike what the rest of us have experienced with the pandemic uh wrapping up his battle with cancer uh, so coming out of beating Hodgkin's lymphoma, which he was diagnosed in 2018, I'm not sure when exactly he was marked clear of cancer, but going from that to competing back at the Olympics level. And not only that, but in your first game since being diagnosed with cancer, taking home the gold is just something absolutely incredible to, to watch. Uh, so that was definitely something really special about that event. So that is like a storybook, uh, a story, mm -hmm. a story right there. 
you know, overcoming that adversity and then winning it on one of the largest, if not the largest stages in his respective, in his respective sport. Yeah. That's that, that, that brings almost a tear to my eye as as a (laughs) really cool (laughs) that doesn't know the sport or even the the athlete for that matter, but that's just truly inspirational there. But, you know, good for him. Good for Canada. First and third, not bad for our, uh, our neighbors up North per se. Um, So I guess before we move on to the, your second or maybe first uh, favorite, um, uh, I think think slope style is probably my favorite because that's the one that I tend to, when I snowboard, I spend a lot of time in the park. I do a lot of rails and stuff. So that's like half pipe is something I've never tried. And I don't think it's something that I'd ever (laughs) be willing to try. The size of that thing is terrifying. (laughs) The walls are huge and they're like solid ice. It's almost not snow at all. It's scary. Well then, oh. I guess we will. That, that's the perfect uh, transition onto the big, bad, scary, icy half pipes. Yeah. Um, so. which is those those events are coming up later this week. Um, yes. We are recording this the uh, week of February seventh. Um. So, um, let's talk a little bit about the half pipe. W- what's the big difference between the half pipe and the slope style? Um. Obviously, they are two different things, but, uh. Let me know. I I don't know what this is. (laughs) I want to know. So slope style is more of a, it's a combination of the discipline of using those, those rails and jumps. Half pipe is, it's kind of a whole other animal. It's crazy to me. It's, it's more about, uh, you're judged on again, style, but also height. And they do measure like they're able to track the height of the peak of your jump. Uh, and again, that continuity of making sure you're going from transition to transition, the half pipe is set up as basically these two large walls that come to a U in the middle. Uh, and it's a matter of going wall to wall, traversing this half pipe, uh, and not so much putting down as many as you can, but ideally I think it's four to five, uh, they call them hits about four to five hits, uh, on these walls, um, and laying down a trick each time uh, and really keeping up that continuity, which is no easy task coming from a crazy height back down. You have to land almost perpendicular uh, to maintain your speed and then pretty much go straight back up another vertical wall and, and do it again. Uh, and all the while doing spins and flips and both at the same time, which it, I, I still can't even wrap my head around it sometimes. Yeah. Uh, the the summer games are incredible don't get me wrong i love seeing guys and women run incredibly fast throw things far jump far all of that stuff but the winter games and the winter games and the x games and all the snow and winter sports are just absolutely incredible to see the to see those men and women just free falling essentially in the air but having so much control over their body and how they land and what they're going to do in the air. And, oh, well, I got to do this. I have to tuck my body this way in order to get that fifth flip in. It's, it's just such an incredible thing to see. Um, Goldberg, I can't wait to see you go, to see you out there doing some of those, oh some of those tricks. Oh God. I, I will absolutely hurt myself. I am in no way uh, prepared for that. <laughs> 
so so i guess that i was getting the half pipe confused with um with uh, what we were talking about in slope style style earlier yeah. um that goes to show how little i know about either of those two sports but i want to learn um but i i remember the previous uh winter games watching chloe kim um and she she does the half pipe is that correct she does. Uh, she is one of the women at the forefront of it. Uh, she is anticipated to be a gold medal contender uh, these games, and I'm excited to watch that happen. I remember watching her at the last games and being very, uh, very, very impressed with her ability and, and the run she threw together, and I'm really looking forward to seeing her follow that up this year. So Yeah, no, she's, absolutely. Uh, she's definitely my pick for, for gold. Uh, oh, maybe I, that's I'm maybe I'm, I might be a little bit u.s bias here on that but um i that she's definitely my bid so hey i mean i have pretty much the same the same thought with her because well maybe the u.s bias but she's also korean as well yeah and myself being a korean american you know that's uh something that always holds a little bit i hold a little bit closer to my heart so uh shout out to chloe kim let's hope that uh you know no she's not she's she's gonna play she's gonna be getting that gold She's going to be bringing that goal home for, for the U.S. I don't know if that's bad luck. We'll knock on some wood. We'll throw some salt over her shoulder. I don't know what all those bad super, to get all those bad superstitions out of the way, but she's going all the way. She's going all the way. Um, so, yeah, that, so the half pipe sounds like a, uh, a fun time. Is, is there a time aspect in that at all, or is this also just tricks? It's also just tricks focused, really. There's... Um... I am currently checking the the who is competing just to confirm uh, and make my picks. Um, but yeah, it's it's also uh, just tricks. So you get uh, my. I want to confirm the way it works, but my understanding is you get two runs, and it's your best of two runs. I want to say with the um, slope style, it's it, the way it works is it's uh, your your best of three runs. Um, I believe. Uh, Sorry, I, let me rephrase that. I think it is three runs in the final for uh, this, but since we haven't had that yet, we're still going to have the um, still going to have the sorry <laughs> the qualifier, um, which is taking place uh, later this week. Um, kind of putting in my picks for who I think is going to win it for women. Um, I think uh, Janice Spiteri, who is, she also skateboards and is a phenomenal skateboarder. Uh, I think she stands an excellent shot at winning, uh, getting a podium placement. Uh, she's competing out of Malta. Um, I, I've, I've watched her snowboarding videos for quite some time and just watching her compete has been exciting as heck, uh, as hell. I can swear on this podcast. Right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, it's been, a, it's been, a, it's golly gee. It's sure been exciting to watch her snowboard. Uh, <laughs> Um, I, I also, I, like I mentioned, I anticipate, uh, Chloe Kim doing really well. Um, uh, another competitor that I think will do really well is Emily Arthur, who's competing out of, uh, Australia, who has done very well, uh, and is, uh, one of the top qualifiers, uh, for the Olympic, one of the top places for the Olympic, uh, qualifying runs. So we'll see how she performs in the qualifier, but heading into the Olympics was a top, uh, contender based on this year's season of snowboarding, which people don't realize there's actually like a season of snowboarding and like a 
there's a point system and you kind of have to compete in several contests in order to qualify for the Olympics. So coming out of those contexts, out of the, 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 the U S open, the, all these different, uh, the crystal globes, all these different competitions, uh, heading into the Olympics, she's been doing very well. So it's exciting to see how that's going to come out. It's so it sounds very similar to golf where they had a lot of ways. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of these different tours and contests going on all season long. And that's really how you place, uh, how you end up with a bid and really punching your ticket to go to the Olympics is doing well in these other contests. That sounds pretty <laughs> I would, dope. I, would agree. I mean, especially as a, as a snowboarding fan, you, you don't just get it during the Olympics. You get it for how many months of the year? How many months of the year do you think? Kind of depends. I mean, there's snowboarding all over the world. So there are other places that have things in other times of the year, but there's a, it's, it's a world championship sort of things. Yeah. So, so we have, we have a lot of snowboarding. We have a lot of snowboarding yeah. and it's a lot more than just the X games and uh, the Olympics, but I guess I shouldn't even assume that, that those are the, that's the extent of the sport. I, yeah. I would Goldberg, if I were you, I would just be absolutely beating me up right now because <laughs> I'm just, just a gross generalization about the sport and not realizing how big it actually, how big it actually is. Well, so that's the thing. We're just, we're only talking two disciplines of snowboarding yeah. here tonight, but there are other uh, functions at the Olympics. There's big air, which is uh, at least, I'm not sure how it'll work for the Olympics, but I know based on the, uh, the X games format, it's like a, a jam. So it's like a 30 minute, as many runs as these competitors can fit in and it's one big jump uh and it's really going for your single best trick you could do off that giant jump you have the half pipe which we're talking about you have the parallel giant slalom which is uh it's it's slalom similar to what you see with skiing you have slope style which we've discussed you have snowboard cross which is an individual race on a track that features rollers jumps uh and, and kind of these these huge turns and carves uh, and that's racing for time. And then you also have snowboard cross team, which is like this, almost like a relay. Like it's a, it's a tag team style event uh, for snowboarding. So there's, there's so many disciplines of it. Uh, and we're, we're really only scratching the surface here tonight with this. So. Uh, seriously. I we'll, yeah. we'll have to have you on another episode. Um, well, I'll have to have you on another episode to talk a little bit more about the uh, about some more of snowboarding because I mean, I'm not gonna lie. These two, these two sound amazing, but the other ones also sound equally as equally as cool. Especially the the big jump one. I, I I'm looking forward to having a conversation about that one. Yeah. Um, but quickly before we head on to our final start segments of the show, um, who do you predict is going to be uh, on the podium for the men's half pipe? So as of right now, the people that I predict being on the podium, uh, I think Sean White has a really good shot at podium i don't want to be the person to say that i i think he's if he makes podium he's going to be third if he makes podium which is i know everybody wants to see him get the gold i want to see him get the gold but the way the progression of the sport's been moving uh the last several years i fully anticipate that we're going to see japan take the first two spots on the podium they have been both in skateboarding and snowboarding and you saw it a lot this summer at the olympics they also have an incredible progression in board sports. I really think that we're going to see uh, Ayumu and Kaishu Hirano take the, the first couple spots uh, on this podium. And then we'll see Sean White uh, 
probably take the bronze, which I know is the hot take. And I'm probably going to eat those words by the end of this week. So we'll see. Okay. Um, no, you know, that's a, that's a pretty mild, mild hot take, you know? Um, but you know, I'll give you a little bit more time to think of a, a spicy one because after all, this is red zone ramblings home of the hot take. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see how that goes. I'm looking forward to watching closely what's happening in these events and maybe seeing a little bit more of like, oh, well, you know, that guy was dragging his hand there. So he's going to be deducted a little bit of points or, oh, he faltered a little bit, had a speed back up, you know, he's going to be knocking a few points off of that score as well. Um, Yeah. That's exciting though. And um, I'm excited for you to go into this context with, uh, with a new perspective. And I'm so grateful to pass that on to you, Dave. Uh, it's it's exciting i know just a little bit more and i think it's gonna make it that much more enjoyable um but the biggest thing that i was gonna be watching it as you know and as probably um a lot of people are as well at least in the united states um is sean white sean white is he has been the big thing at least for me seeing um emerging from to emerging from this these games um and the story coming into the games as of recently um, I got a text uh, from John actually if, a few weeks ago or whenever it was that he announced because he just announced it recently that he was going to be competing, didn't he? Yeah, he recently announced that he is competing. And the, the bigger announcement is that this, I think there's been a lot of anticipation of it for quite some time, but the, the bigger announcement here is that this could be his last Olympic uh, competition uh, at the age of 35 and having been doing this since he made his Olympics debut in snowboarding in 2006. Uh, which is quite some time ago. Uh, he was a young and then he was, he was a whole lot younger and a lot it's more been hair, a lot more hair, a whole <laughs> lot younger, uh, which it says a lot. I mean, as a snowboarder myself, it's been really cool to watch the progression of the sport while also watching this kid turn into like one of the all time greats uh, is I, I think Sean White is probably the closest thing snowboarding is ever going to have to a Tony Hawk. Um, which kind of brings us back to that whole PlayStation game conversation from earlier. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I, it's been an absolute pleasure. And so there's, I, I may get a little emotional here uh, on Thursday night, knowing that Sean's come on record and said this could be his, his last Olympic competition uh, of his career. So wow. we'll see how that plays out. You know, that's, that's exciting. That's exciting. It's bittersweet. You know, we're hoping we're hoping for that gold. Get that I'm bronze. Hoping talk. for it. Get so. that bronze talk out of here, Goldberg. I'm that's hoping for it. Say. I'm just being uh, making my realistic prediction. <laughs> okay, okay, that's fair. Um, you made your realistic prediction, but now here's your hot take. You got a hot take ready for us right now, or or should do you want me to lead us off here to to I start off should, the hot takes? I think you should lead off the hot takes, Dave. Okay. Well, my hot take and. God, this would be so fucking cool. <laughs> Our alma mater, Drake University, is home to the uh, Drake Relays every April. Yeah. Drake University, come 10 years, is going to realize, hey, want to know what is huge? The Winter Games. We are going to create the Drake Winter Relays. <laughs> I love Presented it. by Hy-Vee. Presented by Hyvee. It's got to be Hyvee. It's got to no be Hyvee. Hyvee has everything in Des Moines. My Hy-Vee, hot take Hy-Vee, is that we're gonna... ride or die. My, yeah, exactly, baby. My, by the Hy-Vee, way, did you get die. me my Hannah this weekend? 
we will talk about that off air. <laughs> um, so yeah, that's Drake, a no. <laughs> winter, winter Drake relays. I like that. Uh, we gonna just uh, convert the uh, the track there into uh, into an ice rink and just kind of have speed skating on the track there. And hey, there are a lot of different places where they could go to in Des Moines to um, where they can hold the events. Uh, there is the Wells Fargo Arena. There is the Sleepy is the, Hollow Sports Park. Yeah, sure. Uh, there is the, <laughs> it's a stretch. The, it, there is where the uh, the uh, the Iowa Bucks uh, where they play. Um, oh, the those, yeah, Barnstormers those, Arena too. Yeah, I mean we got a few different. We have a few different areas for hockey. Um, we could put some curling in places. I bet. Uh, throw up some artificial mountains and do some some slope style and some uh, big air. Um, I like that. A lot of potential. The Iowa Fairgrounds can hold a decent amount. Oh you know, yeah, I'm they already be, have a chairlift. I'm going to be taking this campaign to the uh, Drake Board of Directors and seeing what I can start here. I like that. I, I will back you on this, hundred percent. I'm excited. I'm excited. So, Adam, uh, sounds like more of a cold take than a hot take. If we're talking Winter Olympics. I'll take I'll take a beating for that the next time we're in person. I know. Uh, <laughs> so what is what what would your uh what would your hot take be? Coming into this, I didn't have a hot take prepared. <laughs> I think my hot take is that I'd I'd like to see uh if Sean White doesn't get gold. If if my prediction comes to fruition that he doesn't get gold, that he's gonna he's gonna back down from his word that this is his last games and come back at the ripe age of 39 to really throw down one more time. So I can't see him ending on a note other than gold willingly. So the Sean White we know and love. So that's, that's what I'd like to see. I'm sure that 39 would be pushing it up there for one of the oldest uh, to compete. So absolutely. You know, Adam, I'm here for it. And I'm also here for talking to you and our listeners about the winter, the winter games. Um, Adam, it was an absolute pleasure having you on tonight um and really I, i'm looking forward to having more conversations about the winter games moving forward um any closing remarks before we head out here uh been a pleasure to be here and thanks for having me dave appreciate it and thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in you can find all of our episodes on spotify itunes or wherever you find uh, podcasts also give us a listen at rummed up reviews where you can get a little tri- trivia and some movies tv shows and really anything that you might see on TV. Thanks everyone for listening. Have a good one.